0: You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. We're back here today for our first episode of 2023. Hope you've all had an awesome Christmas and New Year's break. I know I definitely have. I've just been enjoying the sun. I've been going away. I've been seeing friends, but honestly, I am... Ready to get back into it. I'm ready to be at a racetrack filming some race cars. And that is where Tanea is lucky enough to be right now. She's actually over the ditch in New Zealand at Highlands. Um, She was there for the Castrol Toyota Racing Series, filming some race cars over there. So very lucky for her. And while she was there, she was able to grab Chloe Chambers for a chat. So Chloe is only 18 years old and she's got quite an impressive amount of experience under her belt in a race car. Uh, She's raced in W Series, she's racing for Jenna Racing. She's a Guinness World Record holder, and she is racing over in New Zealand at the moment in the TRS Series. So it was great for Tanea to be able to have a catch up with her over there. And you'll hear all about that in just a moment.
0: Right, so we're here in New Zealand for the first round of the Castro Toyota Formula Regional Oceania Championship. Yes, that's a mouthful. And I have grabbed one of two female competitors in the field this weekend, Chloe Chambers. Chloe, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you've been here for a couple of days now, racing on track. I assume you've been in New Zealand for a little bit longer. What's your experience been like so far of, you know, being down under? You're from
2: America, it's a bit Bit of a different pace down here. How has it been so far? I've enjoyed my time in New Zealand so far. I mean, I came here last year as well for about A month or so uh, just to do some testing and I really loved my time uh, last year and so I was definitely excited to come back and be back in New Zealand and experience everything I think the country is just um, you know super beautiful and there's a lot of things to see tourist wise but obviously the race tracks are super great awesome they're super uh, awesome as well so uh, yeah I mean uh, pretty uh, excited to be here and looking forward to some more fun.
0: Now as we speak right now we're sitting trackside at Highlands Motorsport Park which is my first time here this weekend and I would have to say it is one of the most beautiful tracks in the world. Like, where we're sitting right now just surrounded 360 degrees by mountain ranges. You know, is there any place that you've been around the world that even compares to how
2: amazing this place is? I mean I'd say New Zealand is definitely up there in one of the best places that I've ever been to obviously like you know all the scenery around the track is super beautiful and uh, the tracks themselves have a lot of character and uh, are very unique so I enjoy driving on the track and then even being off the track it's you know a pretty good view. It's yeah,
0: absolutely incredible. Have you made the most of going and being in Queenstown? They say it's the you know adventure capital of New Zealand. Have you got up to anything
2: fun? Haven't quite gone you know skydiving or bungee jumping yet, but um, yeah, I I mean I I'd like to go and do something while I'm here still. Um, I'm spending a couple more days here next week after the race, so yeah, try to find some time to do something fun. Uh, we're here until
0: Tuesday after the race, and my Monday will be going down the luge, which is, it's pretty much a downhill. Like, in Australia, you have tobogganing, but I've heard that this thing is like tobogganing on steroids, so that'll be fun, and then I think I'm going to, if I can convince myself, uh, to go bungee jumping off the bridge. Are you into
2: scary stuff like that? So, I would... Definitely go bungee jumping, just because like I feel like when I'm doing things where I know for sure like I'm not gonna die, then I should. Then I'm not too too scared about it. I mean, yeah, maybe in the moment I might have you know some, some nerves, but uh, you know I have the confidence that I'm not going to die. So um, bungee jumping sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. The
0: idea of bungee jumping sounds great until like you'd be standing on the platform with things strapped to your legs, and they say now just fall forward. Like, you can't just jump off because you'll end up, like, dying. But the idea of, like, having to make the decision all by myself to just dive very, very far into this water scares me. But I think once I'm there, if someone pushes me, I'll be completely fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen people do it. I mean, even driving from Queenstown to the track. Yeah, you can see the people jumping off the bridge, you know, bungee jumping and everything. And (laughs) yeah, it looks like they're having some fun out there. So I definitely give it a go.
0: Yeah, I reckon that will be on my Monday agenda for sure. So you're only 18 years old and me being 24, that makes me feel really old. Um, But you've already been, you know, you've raced all around the world at such a young age and you only just finished school again making me feel really old but how have you found you know balancing your racing commitments all around the world with just being you know a normal teenager doing all the schooling and learning and all those fun things
2: yeah I mean I had been racing since I was eight years old and so I grew up you know just racing alongside school and I had always well, more of my, my parents had always told me that school comes before racing, uh, you know, if my grades start dropping, then we may have to make some sacrifices with racing, but luckily that never happened, so uh, I was able to finish up high school in the U.S., just normal public school I never did online school and uh, then now I'm doing my college or university work and so I chose to do that online so that I can you know travel more and uh, you know commit a little bit more to racing now let's take it all
0: the way back you grew up with your father having an interest in motorsport but where did it all begin for you and when did you first get behind the wheel of a race car
2: So, yeah, I grew up watching Formula One with my dad. That was always a big interest of his since he was young. And then um, he had a track car that he would go out and just do drive days, autocross days. And I mean, I would attend those with him and kind of be around all the cars and everybody. And um, I enjoyed that, but I kind of wanted something more. So. I saw some go karts, and um, I had told my mom that I wanted to do that. And so my dad was all over. He was um, super supportive of the idea. And I started racing outdoor go karts. I mean, first time I stepped in a cart was when I was seven. And then, I mean, we had to take the winter off because this was quite late in the year. And then the next year, I went back and started racing. Amazing.
0: You had some great success during your karting days and like I know a lot of people you know don't usually have a lot of success in karting but then really mature into race cars or it's the other way around they have lots of success in karting but it doesn't quite translate when you get into a race car but it seems to have worked well for you the karting path lots of success in karting and now success you know in open wheelers Um, how has you know what sort of memories do you have from your karting days up until you stepped out of karts and into some race cars?
2: I would say for sure one of my most memorable races and probably one of the most well-known races in karting that a lot of people can still remember today is probably the Super Nationals in Las Vegas that happens every year. Uh, it's pretty; it's a pretty big race, I would say it's probably one of the biggest races in the world, karting races in the world. There's a lot of international drivers and so it's, it's good to I guess gauge yourself on a more global scale there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I went to that race only one time in my karting career, but that one time I ended up finishing third out of about 80 drivers, um, obviously the highest finishing female, almost won the race, um, you know, it was just a couple of tenths away from winning it, and I think that was definitely a pretty big breakthrough moment during my karting career. And in
0: 2020, you set a Guinness World Record, which is like a life goal of mine because I grew up looking through the, you know, Guinness World Record books and all that crazy stuff. But you set a Guinness World Record for the fastest, I'm going to get this completely wrong, fastest vehicular slalom. I would have not got that right. I'm glad (laughs) you knew that. In a Porsche 718 Spyder, beating the existing world record by over half a second. Can you just explain how you ended up in that situation to be able to set that world record?
2: Yeah, I mean so I had always been a big fan of Porsche. My dad's track car was a Porsche and so I had kind of gone to like the Porsche Club of America events and been around everybody and uh, I was contacted by the film company that made the whole production for the Porsche press releases for the world record and they had contacted me on behalf of Porsche because they didn't want me to know the brand at first. Um, So once we had accepted the kind of proposal, um, then it was revealed that it was Porsche and that kind of just made it all sweeter. And uh, it was super cool to be able to work with Porsche Cars North America. That was definitely a really cool experience. And they had, you know, really done a good job with all the logistics of it. I mean, it's quite a big production. You need to do that record. It's you know you have 50 cones or 50 markers that are placed about 15 meters apart so you need a pretty big amount of space so uh, they rented out a whole airport runway and brought i don't know five cars i would say to um you know just some backups some different models some for filming and yeah i mean it was it was quite the event and um, probably one of the first big productions that i had done and so it was super cool to kind of like, you know, work with Porsche, come full circle and obviously get the record. Now, let's talk about
0: your involvement in the W Series. So how did your involvement with the W Series come about? You did one season. Uh, There was a couple of seasons of the W Series ran before it wrapped up. How did you get involved and where did that opportunity come from?
2: I mean ever since W Series was announced I had my eye on it and I mean at the time when it was first announced I was too young to actually be in it. So uh, the plan was always um, to get out of karting, do a year in F4, F1600 um, and try to get some exposure in cars, some experience in cars to get into W Series. Um, So luckily that plan worked out, I did one year of F4 in 2021 and then In the winter time, uh, I was contacted to come and do a test for W Series in Arizona. So still on home soil, new track, um, but the same F4 US car that I was running the year prior. So I had, um, you know, some familiarity with the car. And so I did that test and then I was invited back out to the preseason W Series test in Barcelona and that really sealed the deal and you know it really just took off from there obviously the racing season started in May and then kind of carried on through the year. Now you were on the
0: newly formed uh, Jenna Racing team what was that experience like?
2: It was definitely really cool for me especially I guess still being in school at the time like to be able to go and tell people, especially my friends, you flexed, <laughs> didn't you? Totally flexed. I definitely did. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows the Jenner name, the Kardashian name, and especially in the U.S., like you know, they're a household name. No, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't know who that is. And so it was just really cool to be able to, like, I guess, say that, and then also have other people find it so cool that I did all of it, and. Um, it kind of shows like how far motorsports has come in the United States, like how big it's gotten with, you know, a name so big, um, to be coming into the sport. And yeah, so, I mean, the experience as a whole was definitely a good learning experience for me, a good year of development. Um, the, it was cool, I guess, meeting Caitlin and, you know, getting to speak to her and, uh, yeah, obviously I <laughs> might have told a few friends and had a few uh, new friends from it afterwards as well. Got to make the most of it. <laughs> and you were teammates with three-time champion
0: Jamie Chadwick. And what was it like to learn from someone who has been there, won a lot of races, had a lot of success in the W Series and outside of the W Series? What were your key takeaways from you know teaming up with her?
2: I mean, I think most of my learning from being on the same team as her is just, I guess, sort of watching her demeanor and how she goes through a race weekend. I mean, I had also never raced in Europe before or, or, you know, with such a professional kind of attitude. Um, And so I sort of had to learn all of that rather quickly. So. I guess just seeing her and along with, I mean, all the other drivers, we kind of all do things as a group. Um, you know, you get to learn from just watching the other drivers, really. And WC
0: is unique in the fact that it seemed you know, from the outset, it seems like it is a family. If you were to come to, you know, probably any other, you know, formula regional category overseas or any other kind of formula deal, it would very much be competitor against competitor, You know, you do your own thing with a team. It didn't seem like W Series was that kind of vibe. It seemed like it was a bit of a big family.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had never really raced in an environment quite like that. And it was definitely an adjustment for me. I had always been used to just, like, you know, driving go-karts or... Yeah, basically just racing with the boys, racing on your own team, you know, figuring out how to keep secrets and all that. Um, But, no, W Series was... Very, I guess we all kind of acted as one unit. I mean, all the cars were all maintained by the same core team, and uh, we—I mean, the drivers as well. We all did media days together. We shared a driver room. I mean, there were various activities that we would do together. So, yeah, it was definitely a lot closer than you know anything else I had other anything else I had experienced.
0: And looking at, you know, the Formula Regional Oceania Championship, the event they are at this weekend, you know, based off what you said, it gives me sort of similar vibes in terms of this is a very close-knit operation. There's only three teams and you all share data in between your teammates and things like that. How have you been able to take what you learnt in W Series in terms of the way they do things and translate that into, you know, round one? Obviously, you don't know a whole lot yet, but there's a lot of learning to be done in the next four weeks, I'm sure. Have you been able to translate your existing knowledge into helping you win this season?
2: I mean, obviously I have knowledge of the car. Um, w Series used these exact cars for a couple of the rounds last year. So my knowledge of the car and how everything works was pretty good. Um, you know, learning the tracks here is quite difficult. I find that the tracks in New Zealand just have so much more character to them and different types of corners, you know, that sort of thing. And Um, that makes learning the track pretty difficult. Um, I would say more so than uh, Formula One Grand Prix circuit. And I've enjoyed that a lot, actually. I've enjoyed having that extra challenge, um, you know, getting onto a circuit where there's not as many resources available outside, like on the simulator to really, you know, hone your skills in before you actually come here. And, you know, I think that makes it just really fun for me Um, And then, you know, I guess working so tightly with each other in W Series has kind of taught me, I guess, you know, I guess how to take feedback. And um, yeah, I mean, the cars are run pretty much the same. Um, I know a bunch of people here already from seeing them in W Series as well as uh, when I came here and tested as well. So, I mean, it's good to be back with a familiar group of people.
0: And how is your weekend going so far? We're sitting now, Saturday afternoon. You've just you had, today you had qualifying and race one. You know, reflecting on what's gone on so far after two big days of testing at Highlands and you know a couple of competitive sessions. How's everything going in you know the camp of number 88?
2: So far so good, Um, steadily making progress, I'd say this is the most challenging track that we'll be going to in these five weeks, so it's been a handful to learn, but making progress, you know, gaining that confidence, and I mean, we still have two more races to go this weekend, so plenty of time to gather up some speed and get some results, but yeah, first race today was pretty good. I mean, shame that it ended under yellow, but uh, I had some pretty good race pace. And so I'm looking to build on that for tomorrow. And coming, you know, coming all the way to the other side of the world
0: to race against not only the Kiwis, who probably know this track like the back of their hand, but also a couple of Australians. And, you know, you've got guys from Austria. You've got, you know, Brianna Morris is another Kiwi female. You've got people from everywhere. What kind of learnings can you take away from racing against these people that, you know you have this opportunity to race them in this category but then you may not link up past for a couple of years uh, if you go on different kind of routes over in this over in the States what what kind of learning can you take away from you know driving against people like Callum Hedge who's a success here in Australia very young still and like Charlie Verts and all those sort of guys
2: yeah I mean everybody comes from different backgrounds and so through those different backgrounds they've kind of you know been exposed to different types of things in racing and so um, I mean yeah I just I guess with the Kiwis having so much knowledge of all the tracks that we're going to that's I guess good to see because they'll probably you know get up to speed a little bit quicker than the rest and um, yeah I mean it's it's just I think motorsports is just, you know, one of those sports where you just get a lot of mixture of international people who have come through such different paths to get to where they are and it's just kind of, you know, it's just a good experience to see uh, sort of what differences there are between the different routes you can take. And the
0: you know, Formula Regional Oceana Championship is very unique in the fact that you guys don't stop for five weeks. it's five rounds in five weekends. What can't, you know, surely that's got to be a huge benefit to be able to be on the pace. You know, you take, do over 3,000 racing miles in, or kilometers, sorry, I'm Aussie here, uh, in five weeks. That's got to be a huge benefit setting up for your 2023 campaign.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was the whole goal of coming here and doing um, the series. I mean, it was just for development and obviously the quick pace of everything, um, you know, it'll just kind of speed up all of that development. It's at a time of the year where nothing else is really happening. And so it's a good good time of the year to start up your development because I guess we'll be getting back home just a month or so before race season really starts picking up. And yeah, I mean, it'll be a good five weeks full of a bunch of track time and, you know, learning. So,
0: out of all the tracks that you've raced on so far in your career, and I can imagine it's a lot, what would you say your favourite racetrack
2: is and why? I would say I had a really good time in Hungary racing at the Hungaro Ring. I think that track is super fun. Um, It's, I mean, I've heard other people say this before, but everybody said it's kind of like a bigger go-kart track, and with me... Being only a couple of years out of karting, um, it was kind of fun to be going out there. And then particularly when we raced there, the weather conditions kind of made it just that extra bit more fun and competitive.
0: Do you have any racing heroes? Who do you look up t- to? You know, Is there anyone that you grew up, big fan of F1 growing up, is there anyone that you looked up to and said, you know, that's, that's the goal or that's how I want to conduct
2: myself or anything like that is there someone that just stands out for you I mean since I was young um, you know since I can really remember watching Formula One on the TV uh, I'd always kind of picked out Lewis Hamilton and thought that I mean you know I've looked up to him as a driver Um, obviously he's considered one of the greatest and I guess just you know the way that he carries himself to me is um, pretty admirable
0: and very very important question here hot topic formula one drive to survive comes out season five in a couple of weeks now i need to ask your opinion as someone who's been in the f1 paddock as on the support card do you think drive to survive is overdone or do you think it's a good representation of formula one what do you think
2: i mean it's got a little bit of that reality tv touch to it where you know they have to dramatize it just a little bit for netflix and entertainment purposes (laughs) but i would say they get the kind of personalities of the drivers pretty good i mean they may be a little bit exaggerated here and there but you get the general idea and i think that was the whole goal with it just so that the public could really connect with the drivers more
0: and it's worked really well even i like Obviously, been around F1 pits with the Australian Grand Prix and things like that, and I'm like, this is so much cooler than it really seems like in real life. And they've done a really good job. What are your other interests outside of racing? Keeps you pretty busy, but what else do you get up to other than you know, university and all that fun stuff?
2: Yeah, of course, school is probably the number one priority outside of racing, but. Um, You know, keeping up with just like physical fitness, um, I've always enjoyed swimming. I had swam all the way through my high school and middle school, and I guess, well, since I was like six, I started swimming before I even started racing carts. Um, That's always been a big passion of mine, and you know, I, I enjoy doing it still. Obviously it's good for fitness as well, so it's kind of a double win. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess just hanging out with family and friends and just, you know, having some downtime like a normal teenager still. <laughs> so where to from here? Where do we go? N-
0: where do you go next? No, I'm not coming with you. Where do you go next after your five weeks in New Zealand?
2: So for this year, not much is uh, solidified. Uh, still some unknown things about W Series. I expect to know more a little bit later um, in the year Uh, but yeah I mean right now my goal is to get into FIA F3 for 2025 so I guess whatever path I need to take to do that um, that's what I'll do and I mean I plan on getting some good testing uh, whether I'm racing or not just Um, to get ready for FIA F3. And um, my sponsor, Monoflow, has been super supportive with that. He's also um, given me the opportunity to go and race some sports cars last year as well. And so that kind of gave me a new insight into that world too. So I've got a couple of different ways I can go right now.
0: And what is the end goal? Everyone says F1, but, you know, if it's not F1, what is is the end goal? Is it GT Endurance Racing? Is it, you know, Porsches? What would you like to you know be the ultimate.
2: For me the ultimate goal has always been Formula One however I mean being American I have a couple of those little bucket list races that you need to tick off so the Indy 500 is definitely one. Um, You know I guess IndyCar has been growing throughout the U.S. lately with Formula One. And I mean, motorsports as a whole has been growing. So yeah, IndyCar has also been on the radar. And since doing some sports car racing last year, I've definitely grown a passion for it. And I'd like to compete in the Le Mans 24, the the Daytona 24, just some of those, you know, bucket list races that everybody wants to do.
0: Yeah, awesome. If there was you know, one thing that you could take away from these five weeks in New Zealand, if there's one thing as a driver that you'd like to improve on, what would that be?
2: I mean, with the quick pace of the season, you have to learn tracks rather quickly. And as you go through your motorsport career, there's going to be new tracks that you have to learn. And I mean, the quicker you can learn them, the better. And so my goal has just been to learn the tracks, get up to speed, um, and then just do that as quickly as I possibly can and improve on that throughout the year
0: amazing now a super personal question from me and you look scared but no I'm actually going to America for four weeks on Wednesday I'm going to Los Angeles obviously Nashville New York and Las Vegas what are some must-do things as a as a true true blood American what are some things that I've got to do give me the tourist rundown
2: well, I lived in New York for most of my life, really. Um, not in the city, just outside of it, but the touristy things to do are in New York are definitely to take the ferry and go out to see the Statue of Liberty. I've been to Las Vegas, but I can't really say anything about it because I'm not 21, so I can't do anything.
0: <laughs> it's no fun for you.
2: <laughs> well, I'm 24.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun, and I think... A- Something that starts with C and ends in Eno is probably uh, where I'll spend a lot of my time. But what else? What are the, you know, even the underground things, the things that only someone that was born and raised in the States, something cool that, you know, you'd suggest I go and do?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously California is known for its beaches. However, I'm not entirely sure how cold it'll be at this time of year. It can get a little bit iffy at this time, but. Yeah, I guess, I mean, just California in general is uh, just a beautiful place. It's super nice and peaceful down by the beaches and everything. I've only been to California once, so I don't have much to say on it. Um, I do have one small thing for Las Vegas that I did like when I went there. Um, It was, I, I, I don't remember how we found it, but there's this pizza place that's hidden, and it's only like certain people know about it but it's in the cosmopolitan and it's like i don't know i think you can just ask somebody there and they'll know what it is but like we all called it the secret pizza and it was it was really good but i mean new york is known for you know like the pizza and the bagels and all of that so um new york street food that sort of thing
0: (laughs) and what about nashville any nashville experience
2: I, i would say for nashville you have to go and see the grand Ole opry
0: we've got got tickets to go see uh lady a at the grand old opry when we're there so that will be cool yeah
2: Yeah, you'll get the full experience you know the nashville vibe all the music things that sort of thing cowboy boots belt buckles (laughs) but yeah um yeah i mean those four places sound like a load of fun so it's
0: going to be a jam-packed four weeks that's for sure priya just letting you know you have the full run of the podcast for those four weeks because i'm not doing no podcast when i'm on holidays One final question from us to wrap up this awesome episode of Girls on the Grid is, what is your advice for aspiring female race car drivers who, you know, aspire to be where you are or aspire to be an F1 or anything like that? What advice would you give them?
2: I would say this not only to female drivers, but to any young driver. Um, I would say just take in everything you can and use it as a learning experience, whether it's a win or a loss. And, you know, obviously keep up with, all the off-track things such as like finding sponsors or um, physical fitness all of that will come in handy later and um, you'll thank yourself for really keeping up with it and yeah I mean other than that um, the rest of it should sort itself out but yeah I mean everybody takes a different kind of path through motorsports and just you know whatever works for you is the best way to go and if you just keep enjoying it then I mean there's nothing else really you can do. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your
0: time on the Girls on the Grid podcast today and best of luck for the remaining five rounds, the remaining four rounds, there's only four left, the remaining four rounds of the, okay, here we go, the Castro Toyota Formula Regional Oceana Championship here in New Zealand. Uh, Yeah,
1: I'll be tuning in. Yep, thank you. Big thank you to Chloe for taking the time out of her very busy weekend to have a chat to Tanea. It's so cool hearing about all the things she's done and it sounds like she's got a very exciting future ahead. So she'll definitely be one to look out for in the coming years. But back here at home, Gen 3, um, we're just waiting on these race cars to finish being built. And then hopefully we can go out, chase them around and get some videos and photos of them soon. But in the meantime, we also have quite an exciting lineup of guests. So keep an ear out. Um, they'll all be coming your way very shortly and I'm really looking forward to talking to them so I hope you all have a great week and we'll be back in your ears this time next week
0: you've just listened to another Network R production